We all know that nutrition is a very important part of our life and what we can do have, can have a really great impact on our own overall health. But there are some things a lot of us, as providing care, doctors, physicians, others don't really know about or know very little about that also can be helpful. Joining me today is a very special guest, Dr. Cass Ingram. Dr. Ingram is a nutritional physician. He's an osteopathic physician who graduated from the University of Osteopathic Medicine and Health Science in Des Moines. He's written over 20 books on natural healing, and he's obviously done thousands of radios and TV shows. And today we're talking about his new book, The Wild Turmeric Cure. First of all, I'd like to welcome you to Primary Care today on ReachMD. Hey, it's a real pleasure, and boy, what a great subject of one of the hottest nutraceuticals around, turmeric. You know, it's really funny. I was talking with my wife. I said, oh, yeah, I'll be doing this interview. And she said, oh, yes, that's really exciting information, just like you said. So tell us a little bit, because I mean... As a primary care doctor, I, I try to keep up with everything. My patients bring things up all Where the time. Where are you going to find anything about turmeric in the common journals, you know? So it's been historically used for over 4,000 years, but nobody in the herbal books put it. But the Islamic doctors were big on it because they found out from the Hindus when they went to that area, and then they brought it back to the European herbals, but no one did anything. It's, no, it's an Indian herb. They didn't really have access to it. It was used to increase the flexibility and to give more flexibility with aging, better step, better mobility, and as an anti-inflammatory. It was also used as an anti-diabetic. It does have a, a powerful anti-glycemic action. It was used for digestive disorders and also for visual concerns and for cognitive decline. And the data is demonstrating that this is all correct. How did you start to make the connection? I know you do a lot of writing, but where did you learn about it, and what do you see as its advantages? In 1997, I made a formula for a company called Inflamese, which had organic turmeric ground up with organic ginger, because ginger is a potent anti-inflammatory, and with some bromine and papain, and the company had a lot of success with that. Uh, and so I, even just grinding it up and putting in a capsule, people started to feel better with, you know, as an anti-inflammatory, blocking COX-2 and more. Here's where I lost a little interest, though. This was 97. There was no turmeric revolution at the time. At that time, all of the extract was hexane extracted, petrochemical, hexane and acetone. And I always kind of a purist looking for a different way. So more recently, with all the rage, I started to research all the different brands. Then I wrote the book, The Wild Turmeric Cure, listing all the different kinds of turmeric nutraceuticals that are out there, but also a big section on turmeric root. I started using it in my home, and turmeric powder. They're all medicinal. When you say the root and the powder, my first question always with these is, is there a downside? Is it something that can interact with medications, can impact someone's overall health in a negative way? No, curry powder and turmeric haven't done it yet for 4,000 years. <laughs> so fortunately, this is like a food. It's in the mango chutney, you know what I mean? They use it in all the curry powder. It's a, just a very non-reactive. Now, the only exception is if you take a huge dose of an extract and you have a gallbladder issue, it can cause the gallbladder to contract. That's probably the only really significant thing, but no interactions with medications. And if you take a good quality organic turmeric or naturalistic turmeric, you're not going to do anything but go up because it's anti-inflammatory, it's anti-glycemic, it's antioxidant stimulates the digestion in a general way. 
So no, not really. What types of foods would we see it in if we were, I say, going out to a restaurant or things? Is it certain places it might pop up? Well, the problem is that you've got mostly in the Indian restaurants, and they're using a lot of refined vegetable oil and all that. So it's pretty hard to get a good turmeric food restaurant. But sometimes they're now cutting it and putting it in salad, although it's very strong. It's more in the juice bars, unorthodox juice bars, if I might say, the naturalistic juice bars where you you can ask them to juice some turmeric and put it in your carrot juice or in your... That's where you're seeing it more. And the alternative restaurants are starting to use it, but not much. So that's why people are saying, okay, it's good for inflammation. It's good for flexibility. It's a, it's a fantastic thing for the joints. I'm taking the supplement. So a lot of activity there. That's why I covered all the major supplements available And then finally, what extraction methods are used? The book covers all that. You're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, your host. And with me today is Dr. Cass Ingram. He is author of The Wild Turmeric Cure. I do want to ask you, it's one of the nice things or interesting things about these types of age-old treatments and cures is they've been around forever. Tell me a little bit about the history and where it's been and where there has been some success as stories are told over time. In history, the Southeast Asia was very big, Indonesia, Vietnam, but the main focus is Ceylon and, and India and China, where it has a long history, and it's in the uh, herbal medicine books. For those things I was mentioning, they've had a lot of success with turmeric, oftentimes as turmeric milk or juicing the root for arthritis, for joint disease, for aging joints, for lack of mobility, lack of flexibility. They've had success with it for skin disorders. There's a modest amount of historical commentary about psoriasis, eczema, vitiligo, aging skin, and even visual disorders, and improving the color of the eyes. There's good reports on how the eyes seem to get more white when you take more turmeric. The vision seems to improve. And for digestive disorders, I mentioned that little gallbladder thing. That's only if you're really vulnerable. But it does improve bile production, improve the size of the stool. It's an anti-inflammatory for the gut. It helps with the gastric juices. This is the history. There's more to it than that. I mean, it's an Ayur- it's like the number one Ayurvedic medicine. Turmeric is, but it never got into the it never got into the English herbals. That's why it's so you know shocking. But there's now about three thousand major scientific studies on this stuff. You know, I've had success with it. I had a really bad case of a patient with sciatica, probably a 10-year case. And I'm an osteopath, and there's only so much you can do sometimes when that pressure is so high on the disc. So I gave her a turmeric extract called Turmerol. It's a kind of a crude, supercritical extract. It's a whole food extract, Turmerol. They're, I think, changing the name to Turmeric Plus shortly. And three days later, she was pain-free, my friend. She went and told all her friends about it. <laughs> So I have had success with really significant pain syndromes, inflammation, joint problems, Lyme disease. It's in my protocol in my book, The Lyme Disease Cure, because I had Lyme. I used it as part of my treatment for pain and inflammation for sure. So when you talk about, I know you're a nutritional physician, the average doc out there who may want to take something like this and incorporate it into treatments for patients, where do they begin? Where do they start to incorporate it? Is it, you know, are you an amateur trying to do it? If you yeah, you're an amateur all? because of all the options. So you, you look out there and you see 101 brands. You don't know what's what. You don't know what they're processing. Are they using petrochemical? Are they making an isolate? Could it react to a patient, which we never want? We don't even want it with pharmaceutical. We get it all the time. But 
certainly with a nutraceutical, people expect safety. And, and, and so I can steer them to physician strength. That's a good way because they only make a whole food crude extract. That's going to be a high profile of safety. I think it's called Termaplex. They can contact physician strength. That's one option, 800-243-5242. Check into that. Check into other brands. Ask them how they're made, if there are any excipients, do they add GMOs. You need to do your research on turmeric supplements. But the other part's easy. Organic turmeric powder, turmeric root, patients can incorporate that as part mm-hmm. of a healthy diet. Do it that way. and Right, because most of these things, in fact, if, I mean, I don't read a lot of those studies, but they come into the traditional literature. The more we look at things come up, and you do realize that a lot of times you will get into trouble with the supplements, but if you stay with just the natural food groups or where it's found, it's hard not to go wrong because you realize that's where a lot of the important benefits are found by people like yourself who do this a lot. You use it in a natural way. Right, and they were traditionally used in the whole complex form. They didn't even have any alcohol tinctures in the Ayurvedic era for that product. So it was always used as a whole root food. So I am actually moving clinicians over to, if they want to go supplementation, to what we call supercritically extracted. And you know that. They take the whole plant, extract it with carbon under pressure, and you get the full complex of the components. That's entirely safe if you want to move into that kind of a supplement. I mean, I realize I've, I've done a number of radio reports on this too, where you know they do try to regulate the pharmaceutical companies, but there's very little regulation on advertising and on claims in many of these other products. And, and that's it seems to me like it does more harm than good in many respects. Well, actually, you'd be surprised. It can be the opposite. By Traditionally, when books were written for the last, I guess, 5,000 years, since about 250 B.C. in China, when they studied an herb, when they used it for years, they would tell you what it was good for. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Actually, the FDA doesn't allow that to protect pharmaceutical interests. They don't let you say what it's good for. They only let the Deshaies thing, which is supports a natural anti. So there aren't excessive claims being made by the legitimate companies. They're very regulated in their claims. Maybe somebody on the Internet says this and that but not the companies. They can't. They'll be attacked with an FDA warning letter. No, they're... So we really do need to know what the herbs do, both from the science and the ethnobotany. Why not? It's a good thing, not a bad thing. You obviously, you know, having written The Wild Turmeric Cure and, and, and in doing written 20 books, you obviously, I know, have written books yourself about things. But where would you say, overall, physicians should go to find the best information if they want to learn? Like, is there a textbook you would say, you know what, I'd start with this and I'd move to that? There are some textbooks, technical textbooks on turmeric now that quote the science. The first thing is to go to PubMed. If a physician's really serious, he or she can go to the PubMed, can look up the area of inflammation and the pain, and can see that the data is compelling. To be honorable about this, most of it's industry research by the people who make the curcumin isolates. But there is independent research supply. And get the independent research. Focus on that. That's what I do. And and then you'll get a realistic picture of its value and the fact that it is very, very, very remote possibility of side effects when you use the whole food form. If you're going to use a concentrate, I can't say. There could be some reactivity, but not like Indocin, not like Motrin. Nobody's going to bleed out. You're not going to have renal toxicity. You're not going to have that kind of stuff with turmeric. You're not going to have elevated liver enzymes. 
But yes, there can be issues with uh, isolates. You know, it's interesting when you bring that up, and it's such a good point. I always tell people, I tell my patients, but I'm also speaking to physician groups, say that what you want to do is if you go to a website or patients are asking, and there's a lot of advertising you immediately should get away because obviously there's something that's being sold and go either to the universities or like you say, go to PubMed, go to places where there are trusted sources and do the reading there. Because at least you know there is no one hopefully has an ax to grind. Yeah, yeah, they might sell advertisements to their site, but it isn't like the the articles are being driven and the research is being that's driven right. by that. You should always ask the company, do you have any independent studies? That doesn't mean the product isn't any good, because there's the ethnobotanical history, there's a historical use, there could be some anecdotal. But if somebody's claiming they have science, it better not be in-house. You don't want that. Right. Um, You've got to have a university independently assess it. Dr. Kassinger, we're almost out of time, I, and I want to thank you for sharing your insights. But before I go, is there something I did not ask you that you thought we should bring up? Well, no, I think we've done a pretty good job, but, but the fact is, Turmeric is a very, very high safety herb, one of the highest. It's something that people can incorporate. I have recipes in the book for drinks and for stir-fry, and I'm going to try and sell the book. Look at the science. If you want a book, there's the book. But you can incorporate turmeric if you suffer from pain and inflammation, and you will see an improvement. That's going to be my statement, you know. Well, Dr. Cass Ingram, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us on Primary Care today. I really appreciate the time. No problem. I'm glad you hunted me down, and I hope we talk again. I definitely was stalking. We had to work this out, but we got it. I'm <laughs> we done. should talk about cannabinoids and cannabis. That's another whole area. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that another time. I appreciate your time. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of the discussion, please visit reachmd.com slash today. You can download the podcast, and you can learn more about the series. Thank you for listening.